This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Jared. Welcome to another Tuesday edition of the Round Ball Stew podcast. I am your host, Brian Knaus. With me, as usual, my co-host, Jared Johnson. Jared, we're going to jump right into things this week, but I wanted to ask you at the top of the show, I know that Steve Alexander is playing you in a fantasy <laughs> playoff matchup this week, and two. I was just curious curious how that is going. You're in two of them. Yeah, we're matched up in two leagues. I am, uh, let's see here, he is currently up in both, but I'm coming for you, Doc. I'm coming for you. Don't yeah, get confident, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> It's only been a day. I, I know he cut Kyle Lowry. If you listen to yesterday's podcast, Steve cut Lowry just seemingly hours before it was announced that he was questionable to return on Monday. You know, having waited for, I think, close to two weeks without <laughs> any clarity as to when Lowry might be back on the verge of this, you know, playoff matchup versus you, he was like, whatever, I got it. I need healthy bodies. So he cut Lowry only to have him play last night. Now, he didn't do very much. We'll get into that. But yeah, as you said, you know, six days left in the week. You still got a long way to go in this matchup. Yeah, it's close. I'm keeping a close eye on it, by the way, because I am currently in another fantasy playoff matchup in that same league. So whichever one of you guys advances, hopefully, uh, I will get to see in the next round. Did you see my name In changes? the championship round. I didn't. What would you change it to? I am now arch nemesis and Doc's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. There you go. Steve, I think, did refer to you as his arch enemy before on the pod. So that's uh, we're really leaning in this week. That's only appropriate. All right. Now let's get to our pickup of the day after Monday's action. This comes straight from the Edge NBA season tools available seven days a week. This pickup comes from our colleague, Zach Hanchu, who writes, quote, Brandon Williams is rostered in 6% of Yahoo leagues. He went off for 27, 8, 2, 4, and 1 on Monday to set a new career high in scoring after setting that mark one game prior with 21 points. Over his last five, including Monday, B. Will has averaged 17.2 points, 3 rebounds, and 2.2 assists. His last two showings have likely earned him some additional playing time moving forward, even when Anthony Simons returns. I agree with that. and I, But I want to get right into that with our first topic here. Might as well skip to talking about Brandon Williams and the Blazers, who lost to the Wolves last night, Jared. I hope you didn't see any of this game. It was a 43-point just blowout. There wasn't much entertainment on display, unless you, I guess, bet the over for the Wolves. <laughs> So Anthony Simons was out with a left quad injury. The result of this game was somewhat predictable. Josh Hart was active, it's worth noting. He played 28 minutes. Um, so I'll, I'll pause there. What did you see from Hart? Are you at all encouraged by his return, or are you still no. cutting him potentially? Yeah, right. Okay. I mean, he's just progressively gotten worse over the past three games. He's a veteran. There's no need for him to prove anything on this team. Um, and Portland is clearly tanking. So um, I see 
no need for him to be on the floor to close out the season. And I wouldn't be clinging to him with Portland only having two more games this week, which are quite spread out. Yeah, I'm with you. And I don't really see what the incentive is for either side of this equation to have Josh Hart on the court. Um, For the Blazers, maybe you get a look at some chemistry, some things going ahead to next year. I got to check on his salary situation in terms of free agency, but you would think that, you know, he wants, he'd prefer to stay healthy. I'm not sure there's much to be gained by playing a handful of games here for a team that's going nowhere fast, but in any case, uh, yeah, I'm also with you on Hart being cuttable just because DMPs are going to be a staple for him the rest of the way. Um, Now, as for Brandon Williams, he's coming off a 27 point game. He shot seven of 18 from the field, 11 of 16 from the line, uh, you know, eight boards, four steals, which is worth pointing out, two assists, one block, 34 minutes. It's very clear that when Simons is out, Williams is going to have a bright green light offensively. As I mentioned, the 16 free throw attempts, 18 field goals, like it was running through him. They're just going to put the ball in his hands. It, I do think, as I wrote in Saturday's dose, uh, that it's a proceed with caution situation. Prior to Saturday's game, he had played 97 minutes, having only recorded one steal and zero blocks in that span. So the four steals from last night is something I'm very much keeping an eye on. With a player like this, though, a young player on a very bad team, I'm much more inclined to just throw out, okay, sure, he did nothing in little bits and starts or fits and starts here in the beginning of the season, 97 minute sample, throw that out. Now we're, you know, whole new ball game, final couple weeks, they're going to unleash him. We've seen what he can do last night. Are you with me that you think it's just worth picking him up and seeing what happens? Or are you a little more skeptical? I don't know about picking him up because he has a game on Wednesday where there's 12 games. So your roster might be full that day with more Mm, solid options. He's definitely someone you put on your radar. But maybe you hold off until Saturday um, to grab him. But... Um, you know, he, he's, he's a young guy on, on doing well on this team. I think that he was playing relatively well in the four games prior. He was uh, scoring in double figures, giving a little bit of, I think, triples. Uh, defensive stats weren't really there, but just someone to kind of put on your radar. Mm-hmm. And uh, first off, I just want to say, please, dear God, fantasy gods, <laughs> please let Anthony Simons play tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow on Wednesday. You know, it's. I'm really hoping that that was a rest game. Mm-hmm. Yes, Simons has shown us this season what he's capable of, but I wouldn't say that it's not like he doesn't need the development. And I think that Wednesday's game against Utah could be a good test for him. So I'm really, really hopeful as someone who has him on multiple rosters mm-hmm. uh, that he'll get back out there on Wednesday. Also from that game... Trendon Watford continued to play well. Uh, he's been pretty low end over the past three. 12 points, 9.3 boards, 4.3 dimes, and a block with just 0.7 turnovers. The negative is that he's shooting 42.9% from the floor and 75% from the stripe. And he's getting there enough for that to negatively impact you. But just another guy to kind of throw on your radar. As is Keon Johnson. He had, he had an okay game last night. Uh, past two, 14.5 points, 4.5 boards, three assists, a steal, and just 1.5 turnovers. Like Watford, he is also a negative on the field goal percentage, 34.8% from the floor. But he is a 
90% from the stripe on five attempts. So somewhat makes up the horrific mm. field goal shooting. Yeah, if you have a lot of transactions or a deeper league with a, you know, a lot of roster spots and you can afford to play around a little bit more, there's some definite potential here in Portland to mine over the final week. So even though some of the guys we just mentioned, like I don't know that I'm going out to pick up Watford yet, even though he's had some nice games lately, fouled out in 30 minutes last night or might have played even more. Then you've got, you know, uh, Keon Johnson, you mentioned Ben McLemore's even had a couple nice games. It's kind of yeah. lightning in a bottle with a lot of these guys. And I'm glad I wish it were a test for you earlier when I mentioned picking up Williams and you, you push back on the schedule. We are going to talk streaming and maximizing games played. And that would be I'm glad that you brought that up because you're right with games on Wednesday on a 12 game night and then Saturday, which I think is also a relatively busy day. Uh, I think you're right. About uh, that. You know, you're not. You, you're certainly not maximizing games by picking them up. So yeah, that's why, you know, we saw Anthony Simons. I know in a, a 30 team league, I saw a team bench him, put him on their IR because just not willing to take that risk in a weekly lineup league. Uh, I know it's been a tough decision and just brutal timing for potential waiver wire pickup of the year to go down with injury right on yeah. the eve of fantasy playoffs. But yeah. I, yeah. I, I hope the fantasy gods are with you this week, Jared. Uh, so that they'll abandon you next week when I get to face you. <laughs> All right. March Madness, if you didn't know, is officially here. So get your brackets ready by tuning into the Bet the Edge Brackets and Bets show on Monday, March 14th at 4 p.m. Eastern on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Sarah Perlman will be joined by members of our NBC Sports Edge team to break down the very best way to wager on the big dance and fill out your brackets. This special edition of Bet the Edge will be available anywhere you get your podcasts and will also be loaded into our Round Ball Stew feed. So keep an eye out for that. All right. And then the Pistons defeated the visiting Hawks in overtime on Monday. A very entertaining game. Uh, unfortunately, I'll start out with some bad news. That is that Isaiah Stewart hurt his right knee and exited this game. Let's see. Clint Capella fell into him. I didn't see the video of this. It's hard to judge for me based you know on that how bad it is but hopefully just day to day in any case i've already cut him in one league i wanted to pick up an extra game tonight so i cut him i didn't even wait for an update on his status he's been solid lately it's again bad timing because he's been about as consistent as he's been all year lately a nice mid-round value he's got at least one block and i something like eight games straight you know hovering just under double digit rebounds in that span he's been good i get it if you want to hold on to him uh, but like I said, do or die matchup. I just want to pick up another game tonight and move on. Do you have any better sense on on that injury? I mean, I think no, but I think you're right. And this will be a theme over the coming weeks is that you have to be ruthless at this point in the season. You cannot yeah. afford to wait on guys, especially when you don't have a timetable. So uh, I have yep. no problem with cutting them to pick up an extra game. Yeah, Steve and Matt touched on that yesterday with a quick round of holder cut featuring big name guys you know do you hold on to josh kitty do you hold on to paul george at this point you know and, and again i think the overriding theme from them and from us again today will be just be ruthless yeah you gotta win there's no there's no next week if you lose so just win baby uh, just win killian hayes also got need in the upper thigh or it could have been his groin last night friendly fire from jeremy grant in overtime Hayes immediately crumpled to the ground. He limped to the sidelines under his own power, did not return. Uh, I didn't see him. I, I did check the box score. I didn't see him there either, or the play-by-play -play for the final three minutes of overtime. 
So he may miss time going forward, another injury situation to watch. If he's out, you know, Frank Jackson's going to get a specialist opinion on his back, so he's not in the rotation yeah. right now. Corey Joseph wins, which I know you had a question of what winning looks like for Corey Joseph. So that's a yeah, good I mean, question. What is it? Is it is it dime specialist with some threes? I mean, he's so random. It's like 14-team league material, in my opinion. Yes. I mean, Kojo was already starting. This just boosts his minutes a little bit, but exactly. on, honestly doesn't move the needle much for me. He's so low usage anyway. Um, not much going on there. Uh, some good news from a Detroit player. Marvin Bagley started the second half in place of the aforementioned Isaiah Stewart. He finished with a double-double of 19 points, 10 rebounds, two steals, and a block. He had a terrible foul that sent John Collins to the line with 1.6 seconds left, which allowed the Hawks to send it to overtime. But Cade Cunningham picked him up. Uh, Pistons still won the game. So talking about Bagley, in his first five games with Detroit, he averaged 11.5 points, 5.5 boards, 0.3 assists, 0.5 steals, and 0.3 blocks. So he doesn't have a reliable three-point range. He's a bad three-point shooter. I just don't see any yeah. real stats beyond points, field goal percentage, and boards. Like, that's it for me. So I think you're playing with fire if you roster him because if he doesn't hit in those three categories, he's going to hurt, like actively hurt your fantasy team. But I can yeah. see it. With, without Isaiah Stewart, I get the appeal of gambling on him. Uh, where, where do you come down on Bagley here? I mean, I have trust issues with Bagley. He, we've seen, he's been in the league for three years, and given he wasn't in an ideal situation in Sacramento... Um, you know, I liked him coming into the draft, but he, he's just never really going to be a guy that's going to impact the defensive end in terms of statistics. And, you know, maybe he hits value with some scoring. He needs to be a double-double machine is what it is. And yeah, I don't know. I, I guess worth taking a flyer on if you have someone to cut. But he's just <laughs> been so inconsistent throughout his career and even in Detroit with the change of scenery. So um, he wouldn't be the mm -hmm. first name uh, uh, on the list of guys I would go and grab. I'm with you too. I, I think your tagline of worth taking a flyer on if you have someone to cut is basically <laughs> the Marvin Bagley story. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you've, and if you've read this one before it, it doesn't end well, but good, good luck to those of you who take the plunge. Um, Elsewhere, with Hamadou Diallo sidelined by illness, Isaiah Livers actually played pretty well off the Pistons bench. 25 minutes, he had 9 points, 3 triples, 3 steals, 3 assists. He was good enough that Dwayne Casey left him on the stretch down regulation. Uh, Sadiq Bey was actually riding the bench with Livers on the court. I, you know, in overtime, Bey was back on the court, Livers was benched. Again, Diallo was just out day-to-day -day with illness. This doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I, I would say 30-team material. <laughs> yeah, that's Unless fair. you're in that deep of a league, I'm, I'm passing. Yeah, and listen, maybe Livers gets more playing time down the stretch of the season. You know, I wanted to close this by saying the Pistons are 18-47 and 47 after winning last night. At some point, right. you've got to think that they're going to shut down Jeremy Grant. They're going to shut down Corey Joseph. They're going to shut down probably Kelly Olynyk, right? Like, I... I Am I crazy here? Again, 1847. They're going nowhere fast. I don't see what they have to gain by playing veterans at this point. So do you, are you, are you afraid of a shutdown? If so, when do you think it might come? Uh, am I afraid of, I don't know. I've just been with the way that all of my fantasy leagues were shut, were set up this year. Um, I think 
the people who set up the leaks, including myself, were very cognizant of the potential for shutdowns. And last season, we did see Jeremy Grant pretty much get shut down, but that didn't come to till April. And I'm not in a single fantasy league where I'll be playing in April. So I'm hoping that starting the fantasy playoffs earlier, um, we kind of just get past um, silly season, if you will. Yeah, I would that I were in a comparable situation. I do have Grant in one league that goes until the very bitter end with head-to-head weekly playoffs that end the week of April 10th. So I'm gonna have to con- yeah. So I'm gonna have to probably contend with with a DMP there from Grant. I'm probably gonna end up having to cut him, frankly. But that's the risk you run by drafting a guy like that on a bad team in a league where I knew it ran until the very end. So uh, just just a so be it situation. Yeah. And to your point, next year, you know, let's all agree more so than ever, no more head to head matchups that run into April. Uh, it's just it's not worth it. You, or weekly leagues. Ah, okay. That's a conversation for another pod. That's a whole conversation. Really? You oh, defend weekly leagues? Okay. There's I mean. plenty of utility in it. It's much easier for, for new fantasy hoops players. I want as many people in the fold as possible. 30 so. deep is not fa- new fantasy hoops players. But okay, we can skip past that section. <laughs> so the Warriors, the Warriors rested everyone last night. Moses Moody started and went off first, the Nuggets. I had written on Saturday in the Daily Dose, if you're purely focused on streaming well to begin next week, meaning this week, the Warriors are the only team to play both Monday and Tuesday. Keep an eye on Moses Moody. Steve Kerr said recently that the rookie is, quote, ready for more minutes, and he's likely to get them whenever Otto and or Clay are rested. Right on cue, both of those guys are rested, and Moody Bravo. Moody goes <laughs> off. Well, yeah, <laughs> had I benefited it in my own teams, I'd be even happier. But Moody did go out and <laughs> score 30 points, 10 of 23 shooting, 5 of 6 from the line, 5 of 12 from deep, 3 boards, 1 assist, 1 steal. You love to see it. I mean, again, because Golden State was resting everyone, I don't know that there's a real lasting takeaway here in terms of you know weekly lineups, leagues where you only have 3 transactions a week. But if you're in DFS or you're just looking to stream the next time Golden State has back-to-back games, Moody's right there for you. Yeah, fully on board with that. I'm a Warriors fan. I love seeing uh, Moody do well. I'm just frustrated that I didn't take your advice and stream him last night, <laughs> but, <laughs> particularly against Doc. But um, if, when those guys go out, <laughs> when, when the Warriors rest their starters, he's certainly someone to consider. Yeah, and Jordan Poole, too, obviously already rostered in most leagues, but he had 32 points, eight three-pointers, and seven dimes. So... Uh, just a guy who benefits yeah. tremendously and a reminder of his upside when given the opportunity. Um, it's easy to forget because it seems like Jordan Poole has been good for a while now, but this time last year, we were still like, what is this sustainable? Is he really good? Like he came out of nowhere last year and now we just, oh, yeah. we just take for granted that he's a very good player. So good for him. Oh, I've been, I've been watching him since his rookie year and I can tell you this season has surprised me in a good way. Even so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, Kyle Lowry returned last night. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show, Steve cut him. Steve probably didn't mind that he cut him last night because Kyle Lowry scored zero points on yeah. 0 of 3 shooting. Five assists, three boards, two turnovers, nothing else. You know, it's unfortunate, but to me, eh, he was rusty. He somehow played a team-high 32 minutes. So all is pretty much well for him going forward. 
Uh, if someone cut him before the week, much as Steve did, sorry to keep harping on that, Steve, um, put it, put in your best waiver wire claim for him, which actually I could take a shot at you here because in that very same league, that's where you hastily uh, cut OG, then rushed to pick him back up when it wasn't and, clear, yep. and then had to cut him again just before this. So, Spent 42 of my <laughs> fab budget on him. I will not have any ability to make a claim on Lowry, but yes. uh, hopefully you get Lowry and not Doc. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. That's, you really just want to rub, rub the salt in here for Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, oh, and Victor Oladipo returned. Although, unless you watched the game, you'd be forgiven for not noticing. He played pretty well, though. He played, he had 11 points, four dimes in 15 minutes. What I saw of it, he looked, you know, reasonably sharp on the court, efficient offense. I'm, I'm still not interested. I don't think the minutes are going to come up enough for him to be rosterable. Yeah, it's a hard pass for me. I wish him the best, but he, yeah. we've said it a bunch. He, he just hasn't looked the same since the injury. He misses tons of games. Yeah. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. NBC Sports Edge, all in agreement on that one. Nobody, nobody on the crew is interested in the slightest in Victor Oladipo. But moving on, I'm slightly interested yeah. in Josh Christopher off the Rockets bench. He showed up versus Miami on Monday. He's been on my radar all year with steals potential, but he's been really inconsistent. So anytime I've even made a move to grab him in deeper leagues, he just drops off a cliff. Um, I don't think I've ended up rostering him anywhere, Yeah, but that could change down the stretch on Monday. He had 29 minutes. He put up 16 points on six of 11 shooting three threes, three boards, three dimes, two blocks, one steal, and one turnover, that's the kind of across-the-board line that'll open your eyes a little. So, you know, is this just a one-game fluke? Is there anything you're looking, you're reading into here? I think as long as uh, Eric Gordon misses games, the opportunity's going to be there. I like him. I draft And shouldn't he? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I like him. I, I drafted him in a 30-team dynasty league, or as I like to refer to as the real 30-team hmm. league. You know, before before these past two games, he had been going through a horrific shooting slump. Um, a 10-game streak of 22.6% shooting that included a handful of scoreless scoreless outings. But like I said, if EG is is shut down, you know, which would make sense, he, he's a guy that you can you can you I I would say put on your radar in in a deep league. Um, let's say 14 teams. 
Um, I, I yeah. would be, I'd be hard pressed to say 12 team with 13 roster spots. I'm not sure he's there, but mm. definitely someone to just kind of take note of. Yeah. Uh, Inconsistency has been a problem. And then playing time, staying in the mid twenties has been a problem. So, you know, a couple things he needs to overcome, but I'm with that approach of yours, you know, cautious KJ Martin jr. Another guy who, you know, I've been intrigued by, we saw what he did last season for stretches when he was really impressive with nine cap value. Well, last night he reminded us of that with 14 points, four boards, three steals, two dimes and a block in 33 minutes, you know, solid stuff. He, I don't know where are the defensive stats. I guess that's what's confusing me for, for Martin this season <laughs> is that his steals are down to 0.8 per 36 minutes. So that's a 20% dip from last season. His blocks are down to 0.8 per 36 minutes. That's a over 40% decline from his per 36 minute blocks last season. He's also dropped 7% as a free throw shooter down to 64%. So he's hurting you from the line. So forget all the rest of it. His minutes have been kind of iffy. I don't see those spiking the rest of the way, but really it's just that he's tailed off as a defensive guy. And that's where he buttered his bread and fantasy last year. So I'm not moving to get him after one good line. Nor am I. And I think that it's worth mentioning he shot five or six from the floor. Uh, I think it's unlikely mm. that he will only miss one shot on a nightly basis moving forward. So, yeah, it's going to be a pass for me. Good point. Uh, another pass for you is going to be Dacian Nix. Uh, the Rockets recently converted as a, a backup guard for Houston. If you're unaware, I believe he went undrafted last year and then they picked him up. He's been really good in the G League. You never know what's going to happen over Houston's final 17 games. He had a decent game last night, so I put him on here as someone to just monitor, uh, which even that seemed to confuse you. <laughs> I mean, the line is seven points, four assists, one board, one steal, and a turnover on two of six shootings. So It is. Uh, the, the, the key for me is... 20 well a that they just converted his contract to a full full contract and he played 23 minutes off the bench so that's i'm like all right at least he's getting some playing time and then the reason he's on my radar at all to begin with is that in the g league this year he's been averaging 22 and a half points on 50 percent shooting 40 percent from deep almost eight assists over six boards and 2.3 steals you know with the obvious g league caveat you still see across the board stats copious steals and a 50 40 shooting line you know my eyes are open put it that way okay and what else in houston uh, oh go on okay well i don't think that we can talk about houston without talking about my man jalen money <laughs> green right. who again had a fantastic game last night uh, i think he put up 14 points in the four in the first quarter just beautiful uh, he's been on an absolute tear for well over a month now Flirting with top 75 or top 70 value with averages of 18.3 points, three rebounds, 3.1 dimes, 2.7 triples, 1.1 steals, and a near 1.5 turnovers per contest on, again, and this is key, 47% shooting from the floor. Looking at this guy play, he's just special. And I think there's no reason at a sudden drop-off in production over the second half of the season. Often when we see rookies go on tears like this, it begins in February. And for him, it actually started on January 29th. Um, now, I'm not sure the industry is with me on this, like Jaw. Uh, I think that people do not see the money in Money Green. 
Um, so I hope to get him towards the later half of drafts next year, but I am fully on board. Love watching this kid play, and I will be happy to have him on my team again next season. Nice. Were you, so I assume you have him on multiple rosters this year? Pretty much everywhere, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a brutal, I drafted him in a couple leagues. It's been a pretty, pretty tough ride so far, but uh, to your point, this second half breakout has been fantastic. It, also, to me, kind of inexplicable. I don't watch a ton of Houston Rockets basketball, but you know, in January, Jalen Green was shooting 32.8% from the field over the course of the month. And that was kind of the yeah. culmination of just brutal inefficiency for the whole beginning of the season. And I was like, yeah. all right, en enough is enough. And I, I cut him at some point. Then he comes back, as you've said, and in February, he shot 44 something percent from the field. He's up to 51% so far in March. And it's reminding me of Anthony Edwards last year, how he started out just deeply yes. inefficient turnovers couldn't figure it out just seemed you know a step off from for many 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 weeks months even and then just put it all started to put it all together the pieces clicked and it's funny how sometimes rookies will start out hot and then maybe hit a rookie wall rookie wall but this is a reminder that especially with top rookies where talent is not the question it's just a, a, a matter of them you know finding traction in the nba adjusting to the speed of the game those types of things Patience is a virtue uh, when it comes to these guys, as I've now learned for two straight years. <laughs> I've been doing this for 15 years. You'd think I would have learned this lesson a while ago. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you brought up Jalen Green because that's definitely worth praise. All right. Now download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we are highlighting matchups between the Celtics and Hornets, Bulls and Pistons, and Suns and Heat. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. All right. Now, Jared, moving on to what was a very entertaining game. The Kings beat the Knicks. Or rather, I'm sorry, the Knicks beat the Kings 131-115. I can't read my own <laughs> handwriting here. Uh, the Kings box score after Monday's loss to the Knicks was pretty predictable, top to bottom. They still can't guard anyone. They had this game completely in hand until the third quarter. I watched this whole game. Um, the third quarter was insane. I think at one point the Knicks were winning the quarter 39-19. to it ended up not too far off that. I forget what the final tally was, but like just a night and day, first half to second half. Julius Randle was an absolute monster. Ended up with 46 points, which Brad Stonebreaker in his Daily Dose, our colleague, pointed out was a career high for Julius Randle, which surprised me. I thought, for some reason, I thought Randle would have had a handful of games higher than that. But 50 spot? Yeah, yeah. yeah it would have I, that wouldn't have surprised me. In any case, he shot 18 of 31, 8 of 16 from deep, 10 boards, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, and only 1 turnover. Lovely. It was just a thing of beauty, especially on the heels of a dud. He's been struggling incredibly yeah, yeah. Uh, to get going. So naturally, he picked the one night I faded him in FanDuel to just absolutely <laughs> go insane. Granted, versus a predictably awful defense i mean looking ahead to next year so randall obviously very disappointing this year the efficiency and so forth but just quickly how far do you think this this season has bumped him down fantasy ranks like is he still a top 40 target even next year i don't think so mm. the reason why he was uh top 40 last season was the efficiency and that's really fallen mm -hmm. off a cliff this year so that is the norm 
and I feel like last season was the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's he's still solid, but I feel like he's more of an eighth round guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can't just completely ignore percentages, and he hurts you there. So um, that's yeah. just kind of who he is. Even the extreme efficiency last night, Jared, and those eight of 16 threes or whatever I said, that's what it was. A lot of those shots were incredibly tough. Like he was just on fire. There was nothing the Kings could do to stop him. They were throwing traps at him. They were doing all sorts of stuff. But a lot, most of his shots were like those awkward lefty fadeaway jumpers that he takes. And he, he loves <laughs> those fading yeah. jumpers in the post. And when they're going down, yes, sure, yes. They, it's unguardable. He looks fantastic. But often, mm-hmm. as we've seen this season, they're not. Anyway, RJ Barrett also had a very efficient line. He had 29, 8, and 6, shot 11 of 21 from the field, 4 of 4 from the line. Yeah, he's been really good. Let's look ahead to next season for him, too. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, he he has played very well this season, uh, particularly over the second half. But uh, I'm just curious, how interested would you be oh, in right. drafting him next year? Where do you think you would be willing well, to? I'm glad you, you turned that around. I was going to try to try to pawn that question off on you because it's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I was higher on Barrett coming into this year. I will say that. And that's, again, the start to this season was just brutal. I ended up trading him away in one one league. Uh, not too upset about that. Yeah. But I, I think I'm on board. I mean, I think what we saw last year, he was really trending in the right direction. Got off to a tough start this year. There was some health concerns that really slowed him down. But he, he's still so young. We've seen his potential. Right. And he's obviously a Tibbs guy. So assuming Tom Thibodeau is still the coach of this team, opportunities will not be lacking. I quite like him. You know, the defensive stats aren't there. Efficiency is going to hurt you. But I think we've seen what he can be. And what he can be is fantastic uh, in reality yeah. and fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I think he sold me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, da- I'm down for drafting him next year for sure. Not sure I'd say the same for the next player. Mitchell Robinson, who committed a few early fouls yesterday, took a seat. And then I didn't see him again. I was like, what is happening here? But it turns out he was sick. Um, mm-hmm. So he did not return due to a non-COVID illness. Uh, that led to Jericho Sims getting a bunch of early minutes, but he made some egregious mistakes. A couple of really funny moments where he you could tell he was trying not to look in Tom Thibodeau's direction after a couple <laughs> plays that were just you know silly things. Like RJ Barrett got fouled while making a layup, and instead of seeing if the ball went in for an and one opportunity sims tried to like tip dunk it and it was oh you know, no <laughs> in, invalidated and tibbs was just like oh you could see it it was great in any case taj gibson ended up benefiting the most he had five points eight boards three blocks in 26 minutes there's not much to see here but let's say mitchell robinson is ruled out a while it's worth mentioning that new york plays wednesday friday and sunday so you could potentially get Three more games out of a fill-in like Taj. Uh, it's also hope that you still get three games out of Mitch Rob this week. Yeah. And yeah, Taj, is, Taj is just kind of a shot-blocking specialist in deep leagues, but certainly a shot-blocking specialist. You know, if you need those numbers, guy to think about. As yeah. long as New Orleans I'd have to be in. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then Emmanuel Quickly, who has been a very popular pickup. If you were one of the managers who got him, you're very pleased because he helped New York blow things open in that third quarter I referenced. He finished 7 of 10 from the field, 10 of 11 from the line, 27 points, 6 boards, 4 dimes, and extras. Yeah, just fantastic play. 
you know, he finished February with a 21 point game so far in March, Jared, he's averaging 18 points on nearly 58% shooting two and a half triples, six, six boards and all the rest. I mean, he's been fantastic. So I'll, I'll go as far as to say he needs to be rostered right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you that I agree that Emmanuel quickly is a very talented point guard. Uh, whenever he gets minutes, he tends to produce. Uh, I'm still unconvinced that Tibbs knows that. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if I saw minutes in the low 20s this next time <laughs> out. So, I mean, congrats if you streamed him. I hope that he keeps it up for the remaining three games on the week. But we've seen this time and time again this season where Tibbs would just rather play Alec Burks um, at point guard for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I don't fully understand the decision to to stick with Burks at point guard, but I will say that quickly has now scored double digit points in five straight. He's got 21 or more in his past two. He's coming off two excellent games, 27 or more minutes in three straight. So I think even though, right, Thibs seems reluctant to play him at times and it's confusing, there really just aren't that many options for him. So I think the situation yeah. has set up such that you know, Thibs' whims are kind of taken out of it. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go get them. As I said, they still have those games Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday this week. Uh, so that's something to look at if you need a streamer. Uh, anyone else? I wanted to talk some fantasy playoff streaming, but did you have any other takeaways from Monday's games? Anything else you wanted to bring up here? Not takeaway from Monday's game, but just uh, real quick this morning, we got news that LaMarcus Aldridge is scheduled for an MRI on the right hip impingement that he's dealing with. Um, he's being sent back home to Brooklyn, so he's going to miss at least the next two games. That's cut city for me. It was a fun ride, but it's over now. And I think that that kind of does uh, give Nick Claxton some appeal as a potential streamer. Uh, Andre Drummond has looked like Andre Drummond, a.k.a. terrible. Uh, his minutes have continued to decline. And I think that with LaMarcus Aldridge not even in the rotation, that at least gives Claxton the opportunity potentially uh, to earn minutes in the mid-20s maybe. And then maybe he can give you some efficient scoring of round eight boards and some blocks. Uh, so just something to think about. And also, uh, Brooklyn is just one of four teams to play on Thursday. So uh, another another highlight of of Claxton in that aspect as a streamer. Yeah. So oh, so you're you're definitely taking Claxton over Drummond as a streamer here. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, okay. I guess I guess you could make the case for Drummond, but his minutes have continued to decline, and he just makes so many mistakes. It's hard to win games when you have him on the floor. Yeah, his his game has not aged gracefully in today's NBA. I briefly considered making the case for Drummond over Claxton and then realized I don't care enough about to, to argue <laughs> in favor of Andre Drummond. I'm just going to let that one go. Um, all right, th there was more to talk about. I'm just going to jump right to the end here because we are running short on time. I just wanted to mention that from a blunt force point of view in terms of games played the rest of the week, if you're looking at Tuesday through Sunday, there are still four teams which play four times the rest of the week. That would be the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Magic, and the Suns. So those four teams offer tremendous opportunity to cut someone maybe who underwhelmed on Monday or got hurt on Monday, like Isaiah Stewart, whoever it might be. Go pick up some guys from the Clippers, Pelicans, yeah. Magic, or Suns. Uh, we can think of a bunch of players who might you know, be on your waiver wire and benefit from this situation. Isaiah Hartenstein, potentially someone like Amir Coffey uh, with four games. Willie Hernan Gomez, Jackson Hayes, 
Chuma Okiki, if he's still available somehow, RJ Hampton, Jay Crowder, and even Cameron Payne is still only rostered in 62% of leagues, which I think in competitive leagues and, you know, where you're in fantasy playoffs, probably closer to 90, but it doesn't hurt to just make sure he's not still somehow flying under the radar. Well, laundry, also uh, Shamit, he had a really good game his last time hmm. uh, with both Devin Booker and Chris Paul out, uh, the opportunities there. Also, Cameron Johnson is not going to play today. So that's another potential deep league option out of all these guys. Right on. I like it. All right. Thanks again, Jared. And we'll see you next week. Adios. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.